Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Stocks for Beginners quick tip. Essential lessons. Questions answered. What's technical analysis and why do people use it to try to predict movements in the price of stocks? How does demand govern price action? In this quick tip, Roger Curry from the Market Forecasting Academy talks about lagging indicators, how Wall Street really makes money, and the manipulation of demand. Just to kind of deep dive a little bit on when we think about what is a lagging indicator in the market. So when we look at a price chart, you know, if we put up, uh, if we want to look at the stock of Apple as an example, right? You'd see that, you know, as price goes up, generally people will use something called a candlestick price chart. So they look like little candlesticks. And so if it's green, that represents that the market's moving up. If it's red, it's moving down, right? So we have the price that we're watching as it goes up and down. Now, a lot of people that use technical analysis will use something like a moving average, right? Which is that you'll see a line that is measuring a number of price bars for the last, let's say, 50 price bars and taking the total and kind of showing you where the average is right now. So it's really, it's deriving that information from price historically and giving you a visual indication of where it's at on a price chart right now. And that's great, but it's giving you kind of a look back historically, right? So it's lagging. It's behind what's currently in real time in the market, right? Though it looks like it's real time, it's showing you a snapshot of what happened. All right. So there's other indicators that people use. And these indicators are little, you know, squiggly lines and things that will try to represent the rate of change, for instance, as it oscillates up and down. So you see these waves and it shows you when when the market seems to be a lot of buyers are kind of buying and maybe it looks like it's exhausting and and maybe overbought. So you, you expect the market to start to want to come back a little bit, pull back, retrace some of its steps. Right. And vice versa. So these are all um, indications of. what people can look at on a price chart that helps them understand, is the market really exhausted in this direction? Has it moved so long that it needs to kind of take a rest and go sideways a little bit where it's not going to continue going higher? Or maybe it needs to kind of come back. It went too high. In fact, if you use a rubber band analogy, you look at a rubber band, as a rubber band gets stretched out, you know, it can only go so far for us to stretch, get a snap back in, right? Now the market's not going to break and snap. And so just pretend this is a rubber band that does not break and snap. Well, that's what we're seeing in the market is at some point, what goes up must come down, what goes down eventually goes back up, right? But if we think about what causes prices to go up and down, it's always based on how much demand there is. If you want to sell your house, the more people that want that house, they'll start to bid up and go, well, I'll pay you 5,000 more, I'll pay you 10,000 more. Okay. But if no one wants your house and you want to sell it, wow, I'm not getting any offers. Well, I better offer for 10000 less. Okay, no, still no takers. Okay, I'll offer for $25,000 less. So demand really governs where prices go. So by understanding that price itself is, when you're looking at it in real time, it's not representing necessarily the actual demand. It's just where it's at now. It is going to be moving up or down based on the continuing evolution as demand evolves either 
as it expands, there's more demand, or contracts, there's less demand. If demand is moving back and contracting, price will eventually start to go back down. If price is expanding and you've got more demand, it's the price is going to start pushing up. But a critical indication here, or, or um, I guess a note to make, is that demand is always the first to move, then price follows after. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And it's also worthwhile mentioning here that when we're talking lagging indicators, that even if you're looking at fundamental analysis, for example, that's an incredibly long lagging indicator because all you can look at is a company's most recent report. That's exactly right. And this is where you see professional funds. You know, if people look at, well, how many professional funds are there? I once did a, a lookup on Yahoo Finance and I found there was over 25,000 professionally managed funds. That's the smart money, okay? Well, when you look at, well, how, what percentage of them actually can even generate 10% a year just to kind of be ahead of inflation? Less than 5% can even make 10% a year, okay? Well, that's, wow, that's... And they've been to all the best schools and the business colleges and they've got the, the fancy degrees. <laughs> exactly. And you, it's mind-boggling. Now, they've got the yachts. They've got, well, where's all the customers' yachts? You know, what's going on with that? Well, what's interesting is when we think Wall Street makes all the big money, people think that they know how to grow and make money. But if you step back and look at the industry, honestly, you realize... The big money is being made on fees they're collecting for managing money, whether they win or lose or break even. That's number one. And very few funds who are like a Goldman Sachs who has clients, well, guess what they do? They know their clients' positions, and they've publicly admitted that they trade against their clients by knowing what their clients are doing. So that's another way they might make money is by knowing, having an advantage, informational advantage. They know what their clients are doing. They trade against them. <laughs> okay, well then that's not that's not an honest way of making money. So how does the individual get to make money? Yep, that's manipulating demand, presumably. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. The manipulations are are rampant. And actually brokers themselves, when you're a client, most people don't read their risk disclosure, Phil. If you read your risk disclosure, it actually says right there, we'll often take the opposite position from your position. <laughs> <laughs> so well, wait a second. If they're telling me they're gonna trade against me right in the contract. What does that say about their faith in me? What does it say about their faith in the education that they're giving me and the education that I've gotten in the industry? Well, it turns out statistically, most brokers have this understanding that 90% of their clients will lose 90% of their account balance within 90 days. That's kind of a little phrase there. The 90 rule. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And statistically, I think there was a study that was done and they, they showed that 90 I think it was 93 or 96 or 97%, some crazy percentage of accounts never make money. So you wonder, well, wait a second. Well, but how are these brokers staying in business? Well, because people can't stand losing. And a lot of people who have money in a brokerage account generally have some success in life. And it's like they can't accept that they've worked hard, succeeded in whatever they put their mind to, but this thing shouldn't be this difficult. And yet I can't seem to make that work. So what do they do? They replenish that account. So though they're losing money, they get back money, they're putting more money behind it to keep going because they have to crack this code, right? What do you think kept me in the market for 14 years trying to figure this thing out, right? What funded my path, my business, my primary income, right? So this is a fact and a truth that people have to really come to terms with. There's a lot of great hype out there about what you can make. And you hear all these great stories of, you know, I turned $10,000 a million. Okay, well, great. But 
is there any consistency? Is there any repeatability? Or are they just one-hit wonders? So I think one of the key things people ought to look for is, okay, success is one thing, but is there repeatability? Do I see consistency? Is there something congruent? You know, because if there is, then that's the first sign of, okay, maybe there's something solid here. The next thing is I look at, well, are there people complaining about this thing that have actually been involved in it? That's a great way to know, well, what is people's experience who've actually invested in this thing? Are you talking about people who have, have or organizations, businesses who, who are offering education and ways of making, making money in the market? Yeah, exactly. When people are looking to do something and they want to educate themselves. So these are some things they want to look at to be able to know with confidence, am I getting an education that's actually going to help me? Or is it going to just sound good and feel good, but somehow I'm going to have this haphazard experience where I kind of feel like I'm getting something, but then I, you know, you make a little bit, you give it back. You make a little bit, you give it back. You know, it's, it keeps you, it's like you have a carrot at the end of the stick. It's always kind of keeping you there virtually moving forward, but you're never really moving forward. You're kind of standing still, right? Because progress is a growing account, not an account that makes money and then you give it back. And so the consistency is critical. Without consistency, you've got nothing. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.